Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. Cassie Brown is joining me today. She is with Amplify My Impact. We have known each other um, on paper for probably the better part of a year or two, but we have really, really, really reconnected since um, January, February of this year when we played and worked together in Nashville for ClickFunnels Funnel Hacking Live event, which is a a beast of a 5,000-person marketing conference. And if you know anything about Russell Brunson and how he does things, uh, he doesn't do it halfway. So... Uh, you and I chased one another, caught one another, chatted with one another, had coffee with one another, and very quickly realized that we were spirit animals with one another. So I'm honored and pleasured to have you here today, and we're going to talk about relationship marketing. My favorite. I am equally honored to be here with you. And I was going to say, like, just, I feel like we just need to say, and they lived happily ever after. Like, because I just, I love you guys. Um, just, you know, over the years, just, just spending more and more time with you and Emily, like it's, it's been such an amazing blessing. And, um, I just have to have to let everybody know, like before we started recording, before we, uh, went live, it's just this, this, this mutual love conversation of where are you, where are you at? How can I support you? And, and I think that's the the biggest thing that is going to come out of this conversation of relationship marketing is there are going to be people in your life that you cannot put a price on. Um, and I would, I would never have it any other way. It would be 100% like completely priceless. Um, I, I, I would never, I don't think we've even taught, like we've never even had products to really sell each other. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, and, we haven't. and I think that's what everyone uh, I'm excited about this episode is for everyone to realize um, I actually screenshotted a post that a really, really successful popular coach posted the other day. He was like, I just cleaned out a thousand a thousand people on my friends list because they would never buy anything from me. And I, I was like, like, oh, it was like a dagger, a knife in it your was heart, wasn't totally it? Totally a dagger to my heart because you know what? Like I can see if if they would never be your friend or if they were just, you know, fake profiles or they were just like not interacting and things like that. But like, he was literally like, I looked at their profile picture and if it didn't align with the people who have given me money, I was like, Oh, like, <laughs> it's painful. Breathe, breathe. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So those are some of the things that we're going to talk about because the thing about it is if you attract the right people, the people who, who love you and they align with, with your vision and, and what you're put on this earth to do, your core mission, um, it doesn't matter if they're ever going to give you a dime in their lifetime. You never know who they're going to connect you with, what network is going to expand, um, what door is going to open. Um, you, I think the thing with social media especially is you never know who's watching. 
Never. Ever. And and I love this thread because uh, first of all, we're going to get back to you in a minute. I love that we're talking about relationship marketing already, but we're going to get back to you in a minute. But uh, you know, the title of this podcast is People First Then Profit. I was really super encouraged as I started to make that my movement, my mission, my rallying cry. And as I asked people, how do you define profit? The realist in me thought that I would get sort of a textbook definition of profit. You know, your expenses are less than your, uh, or uh, less than your income and therefore you make profit, right? I got so many wonderful answers, uh, Cassie, from people that I believe maybe don't know it yet or haven't put a label on it yet, but they're genuine relationship marketers because they don't measure profit by the dollar. They measure profit by things like time with your family, um, yep. genuine connections. And so I would happily say that you and I uh, lead our lives and our businesses that way. The person that posted that they got rid of a thousand people that never bought from them clearly don't measure their wealth and don't measure their profit um, in maybe most other things other than dollars. So, yeah. uh, all right. So let's get back to you. I'd like for you to start because I know you so well and I know Amplify My Impact. I'm an amplifier and I know Jorge, but tell us a little bit about you, your business partner, and what Amplify My Impact is. Oh my goodness. Um, so I'm a mom of four. I'm very, very blessed that I've known my husband since seventh grade in middle school. I can literally still paint the picture of seeing him uh, walking in the across the courtyard his first day of school. He was the new boy in school. Um, and yeah, we've been we've been officially dating since ninth grade. So we were high school sweethearts and, and, and we still love and adore each other. We still put up with each other. And um, I just, I'm super passionate. I always have been. Every, every business I've been a part of, built and created for myself at its core and foundation, the roots were uh, built on relationships and, and, and giving more than, than just, you know, a, a check off box type of product or service. And so growing up, um, I'm, a, I'm a kid of an entrepreneur. So, you know, I, I answered phones, I packed boxes. I was sharing with you, like I've, I've pretty much been working since I was nine years old. And that's probably how I have the gift of gab and just. No, you. <laughs> Uh, the phones were my first job, uh, answering the phones, listening to concerns, solving problems. And I just, I really loved it. And I really loved getting to know what that person needed to communicate and, and working on that level. And uh, I tell you, like, I really learned the importance of social skills and listening and, and responding with, with, with empathy and grace and understanding. And those are all, um, really, really huge strengths and talents that, that if you have in your business, it will carry you far. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in the corporate America, um, customer service skills, like will totally set you apart. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I have to say, Cassie, most, uh, middle school and high school kids don't go to marketing boot camp. Uh, no. so maybe at the time it wasn't probably the best thing if your friends were out playing and having a great time, but, uh, whoever the entrepreneur in your family was, uh, you should probably thank them because you were well suited and well ahead of other people that were getting into a marketplace later in life. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, um, it was my mom's, um, marketing company and we handled all of the grand openings for like Publix and Walmart and everything like that. So, um, all of my friends, that's, they all had their first jobs with, with my mom's company. Cause it paid better than, 
Nice. So uh, those of us, I wanted to come over to our house to play, right? That was my childhood. Everyone wanted to come to my house to play because my mom was super cool and awesome. Your, your, all your friends wanted to work for your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, because by the time, you know, we were in high school, the business was, was doing really well mm. and it was very reliable work on the weekend. And you really only had to, to work a couple of days. Um, if you compared to working 40 hours somewhere else. So, so yeah, um, I put that together real quick on, you know, I, I think I had a, a different perspective than most people about entrepreneurialism versus going to college, but I did go to college. I got um, my MBA degree in the same amount of time as most people get for, and I was the youngest. I, through through working and, and growing up through the marketing and retail industry, the first the first job that I had was actually with uh, General Mills, the Pillsbury company. And huh. I was 19 years old and everybody else is like 29. So a huge age gap. Yeah. But I kind of just had this, this like, I'm going to I'm going to work my butt off. Like you just will not outwork me. And, um, that's kind of just the way we were raised in a really small mm. town. And, um, you know, that was, that was our only option really. Like if, if, if we wanted to get ahead, like that's, that's all I knew, right. Mm. Is working hard. So, um, but real quick, um, Pillsbury sold some of, uh, or they ended their sales force and, and some, some transfers happened and brokers took over and I worked for them for a few years, but I quickly realized like this corporate world just wasn't for me. Um, the way that they communicated, the way that you, in this particular, my experience, the way that they treated people was just, wasn't how I would lead and wasn't how I was, I would manage. So I just realized like, they're not going to promote me because I'm not going to treat people like that, or I'm not going to do that. So, um, really, really young before we had kids, me and my husband both quit our jobs. And we started over and I started photography. So photography was um, my first official business. I, in the interim, I did go back and work for my mom's company for a little while as operations manager. Mm -hmm. um, we grew it and um, she was ready to retire. So we sold, you know, she was able to sell the company. So I was really, really proud of that, um, that I was able to structure it enough with the value because it was just, a, it's really a marketing agency. So to be able to sell a marketing agency for really just, intellectual property was, was really, really cool. So um, I just, I have to interject that I bet you some of our listeners ears perked up because not only are we spirit animals and um, forever intertwined because we believe in people, we love the concept of relationship marketing, but we're photographers, we're visual artists. Yeah. So in case there was ever a lull in our conversations, we always could go back to that. So talk about um, photography and how you ended up where you are now. <sighs> Oh, I loved photography. Like I still do. I still do. Every single, um, it was wedding photography. And I just looked at that as my mission field, like mm. to be able to be with the, the bride and the groom on literally like you know, little girls dream about this six, seven, eight years old, you mm -hmm. know, to be able to document the most important day of somebody's mm -hmm. life. Like we know we've, we're past that point. We have kids like, but to that point, yep. this, in that this, moment, yes, this is their happily ever after. Um, but I always looked at it as it's, it's not just the bride and groom, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's the parents, it's the family. Like this is just such a cool way to see generations come together and families merge. So I just, I, I looked at it as my mission field mm -hmm. and um, just, I would get to pray with the bride before she went down the aisle. Like I would get to know them on their um, engagement. 
I would check in with them, find out what they were nervous about, remind them like, don't fight over the little thing. Like, so I felt like I was almost like, and you know, most, most, uh, most uh, weddings are booked like a year out. So like I'm living life with this couple and I'm sure. checking in with them and I'm making sure. So, so um, you know, I really took it seriously, like as, as, as service and a mission and not just a business. And you're and, not just taking pictures. I mean, from, from no. somebody who was in the wedding market for the better part of a decade, uh, you're literally, your role that day is to wear many, many hats, uh, yes. fedoras, page boys, or otherwise, right? Yep. Because you're taking photos, but oftentimes you're interacting. One of the funny things that we used to say to brides when we would meet with them and chat with them is, you really want to make sure you're aligned with the photography team you choose because we're going to spend more time with you than yes. you're going to spend with your husband on your wedding day. And- to your point, we became great friends. We would walk into that wedding day feeling comfortable and casual and, you know, we would help bring um, calm to the day. And so yeah. um, it really well aligns with your personality. You, you, any bride and groom would have been lucky to have you there. Well, thank you. And, and I, that's really interesting that you say that. And I think it's, it's really important to note, no matter what business you're in, you're, you're not, your job goes beyond just the product or service that your client thinks that they're paying for. And I would communicate that same thing in, in meeting with brides and everything like that. And I would straight out tell them like, if you don't book with me, like it doesn't matter who you book with, because I do, I do believe in alignment and abundance mm -hmm. and, the, and the perfect fit. Um, so I'm, I've never, ever in my life been high pressure sales. Um, but I just tell them whoever you meet with, make sure you're in alignment, make sure they're, they're calm that, that you want to spend 12 to 16 hours with them. If you mm -hmm. can't make it through a meeting, that's a red flag. And it's interesting it, that you say that I have to ask you, um, as we start to really explore relationship marketing, do you believe that to be a relationship marketer, you have to have a servant's heart? It's a really, really good question. I mean, I do. And it's, and, oh, and, I know and most, you do. <laughs> I think you realize the impact of your words and actions from just one moment doesn't only affect that one moment. So I think a servant's heart is a plus, but I think your level of awareness to, to see how far a word or an action or, or, or just something that you say or do carries on into the future. So mm -hmm. um, I think there's, there's people who, who are really good um, relationship marketers that do not necessarily lead with the heart or have a servant's heart they they could just be a little bit more future paced or mm. um for lack of a better expression like they could see the whole battle battlefield so it's like mm -hmm. the uh, how they can see and anticipate problems or issues or something like that do i think a servant's heart like if if you ask me i'm gonna say yeah it's it sure. makes you absolutely better all right. I want you to fast forward a little bit. I want you to okay. tell us um, how Amplify My Impact uh, sort of came about and what it is. And then we're going to talk about um, relationship marketing in your business. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Because we could probably do a whole segment just on photography and the per importance of <laughs> treating people beyond the 100%. The That's right. Um, well, Amplify came about um, after let's see, I'm fast forwarding through photography. So my exit from photography came with the diagnosis of my husband and his brain tumor. And that was uh, almost nine years ago. And I kind of took five years off, 
um, but it made me realize what type of life I wanted, what kind of um, time I needed to manage. Our family was important. The travels were important. So I needed to work, be able to work from anywhere. And so I decided to learn more about the digital marketing and of course bring relationship marketing with me. And, and it's sort of like a, a merger and a hybrid of how to be successful in a digital world with relationship marketing. And because um, at that point in time, social media is exploding and all of that. So um, I started working with my first client, growing their business. I got involved with uh, the Two Comma Club coaching program. And um, the second year, they invited me to be a coach um, within the Two Comma Club program. And coach was one of those things that I never even, like it wasn't even on my radar. Mm-hmm. When you talk about like a servant's heart and servant leadership, like that invitation, I believe, came solely of just me being a student in the program first and meeting people wherever they were at and serving and helping out with, with whatever marketing I could bring um, to, to help relieve them stress. But like now that I'm sharing it in this order, it was exactly the same way that I met the bride and groom and their families on that wedding date. Like, how can I solve this problem? How can I relieve stress? How can I help you launch faster? I, I, I just started sharing and teaching connection, human connection. And, um, you know, abundance always came up, like relationships and connection and genuine and authenticity, like it all kept coming up. And, and then Amplify just sort of came about, like I had had a program mapped out for a really long time. And if, if you're listening and you've ever tried to name something, that's, that's me. Um, when I launched the podcast, I couldn't have, I couldn't do it, but be- I couldn't record the first episode before I had a name and cover art. And so like I had the, the, the bones of this program, but I couldn't go forward with anything until I had a, a name. And so like, of course you, you have to make sure a domain's available. So like, this mm-hmm. is, this is like a really hard moment. And I was just going through words and, and it just kept coming back with you know, like abundance and, and how to grow, how to, how to reach more, how to expand, how to, how to create more impact with the, with the products and service. Like it just came back to growth more and just amplify, kept coming back um, to the surface because I think it, it comes down to making more of what you are at your foundation. Like when you're true of heart, when you have a servant's heart, when you, when you care more about your customers, like you are amplifying, you're turning up the dial of what, of what's already working. So, and and at that time I had a lot of experience in Facebook ads and social organic traffic and everybody was just asking about Facebook ads, Facebook ads, Facebook ads. And here I am as a Facebook ads agency. And I was like, you're not ready for Facebook ads yet. Facebook ads amplify whatever you do on the front end. You prove your concept, you serve your clients like nobody else, you get incredible results and testimonials, and you take that social proof and you plug it into Facebook ads, and you're going to pay like a quarter of what you would pay if you would have went straight with, tra- with, uh, with paid traffic. And that sort of became like my formula that I was teaching, and um, I, was, I was teaching everybody that I could that asked about it um, in 2CCX, and it was just one of those things where it's like, this is it, this is what I want to do, because like... I had so many of those conversations and just I was blue in the face. And for me, um, amplifying impacts, like it just, it just represented so much um, because 
I just came from a point where in that world, you hear a lot of people that are leading with make a hundred thousand dollars in 30 days, you know? And so for me, it was more about the legacy. What happens mm -hmm. after the 30 days? What happens mm -hmm. if you're burnout or your churn rate is 30 to 40% or you can't deliver on what you promised and you have like ridiculous refund rates. So for me, I it was that question and Amplify um, just created that answer of what if, what if you could do both? What if you could do income and impact? It's really interesting, Cassie, because I'm noticing that there are some s serious threads that that carry themselves through your businesses, right? The marketing agency you had with your mom, uh, your time as a coach, a performance coach in ClickFunnels 2 Comic Club X program, uh, into Amplify. You're talking about things that are genuine, authentic, legacy. The words that you would use for photography and the marketing and everything that you've done thus far has been consistent. And the cool thing that I always found about Amplify My Impact is you're genuinely creating an opportunity for people that have a, a solid mission, uh, the drive and the passion, but maybe not the logistical experience, right? And yeah. and one of the things that that always resonated for me as somebody who went from corporate America like you to uh, a business and an entrepreneurship, just because people are good at what they do doesn't necessarily mean they're good at business. And so many exceptionally talented people fail. Yes. And the struggle I always had with that is they don't always know just how deep the water is. And then they don't always know where to look for someone to send them a lifeline. Yeah. And so you're basically standing on the mountaintops and let's go ahead and just mention him, Jorge Vasquez, your business partner. Yes. You two are standing at the top of a mountaintop, looking down at the deep rising water and you're throwing lifelines to help people lift up, get out of the deep water, head up onto the mountaintop and have that deep sigh of relief. Because let's be candid, everybody wants to make money mm -hmm. that's in business. If not, it would be a hobby or a charity. Yep. But they don't really want the money per se. They don't want to stuff the mattress with the money. The thing that I struggle with the most as, a, as an early time business that was just looking to survive and going through tough times was I started a business to do what I loved and to serve clients, but I also did it because I wanted a certain amount of comfort and freedom. And that's what money brings. So for every lifeline that you throw, you can help people pull out of that deep rising water and put them up on the mountaintop with you. They can just take a deep breath and a sigh of relief and feel like I've got a certain level of comfort now. Yeah. I know where I'm going. I know how I'm going to do it. And I'll be, I'll be able to make the money I need to make to survive. So um, there you go again, uh, being a servant. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I love that you and Jorge are work wife and work husband. I love that you guys are compliments of one another. You are the care bear with the marshmallow inside, and he is the guy that will drive you and push you and mm -hmm. get results. So what I want to do is I want to ask you, how do you define relationship marketing and how did you, or when did you discover that you are genuinely, and now we touched on it, but tell yeah. me like, was there a crystallized moment? Where you're like, man, I'm a relationship marketer. You know, I, I think I just did it for so long. It became second nature and I didn't realize that there were labels for different types of marketing until college. And it was really in researching 
the different types of marketing and turning in reports and, and, and papers and everything like that, that, you know, we had to do some case studies on, on different types of businesses. And um, at that point in time, I chose, um, I think it was Kroger or Publix, but that was at the time. Right now, you know, like there's pharmacies in every grocery store chain. But mm -hmm. at the time when I was going to college, you know, they were teaching SWOT analysis. So they're like, you know, do a SWOT analysis and talk about all of this and everything like that. And the pharmacies had just started. And um, so I kind of did that. And I talked about, you know, the, <laughs> and I found myself just keep going down this rabbit hole of relationship marketing. Cause I was like, I think a pharmacy is just a complete no brainer for these retail stores because it increases the frequency um, of visits and it creates the one-to-one -one relationships because like you're not hopping pharmacies you're not going to do it you right. know so and at that point in time the data supported you know the age demographics and everything like that so it was just you know wrapping everything in there so sometimes I found myself going round and round with some of my professors you know because you're looking at these big fortune 500 companies and and you know that are just plastered on on billboards and in magazines and newspaper and print like social media wasn't there like there, sure. <laughs> there it was non-existent um sure. while i was getting um while i was in college but and it, it was like the lifetime value of a customer is so much greater and you can't you can't track a billboard you, you don't know what that person has done with that billboard. Like, so they saw it's, it's it. It's a metric, right? Yeah. It's a commodified metric. Exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the old days equivalent of mm -hmm. a like or vanity metric or engagement. Yep. Uh, I want to ask you a question or follow up. Uh, the thing that I love about what you're talking about is when you talked about the grocery store and you talked about a pharmacy, they're not hopping pharmacies. Part of the reason is, is you're talking about something that is important to that individual it's at their core. They're taking medicine that's either life-saving or life-improving, um, and they trust the pharmacist. They yep. trust the pharmacy. And so the words that we started to say as we started to tell this story and recount it all kind of harken back to emotion. And I oftentimes like to say that in order to be a relationship marketer, all you have to do is look and say, am I building a brand or a business that people love? Yeah. that people have an emotional bond and a connection to. And so it seems like that resonates here, right? Anecdotally, you're telling stories about the fact that even in the educational experience, you were determining that as a relationship marketer, as a believer in this concept, it required the company to take the customer or the brand fan. I just want to get this out there. And I think you agree with me, Cassie, especially since we talked about people that maybe are on your list, but not buying from you or in your circle, but not buying from you, you can have a brand fan that is committed to your success yes. in a way that some customers aren't even committed, mm -hmm. that never spends a dollar with you, that that is on an emotional journey with you. Yes. And so I uh, I love that we can we can use your educational experience to show that it's not even just necessarily in the real world in the academic circle. You were able to see how relationship marketing played itself out. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is 100% um, of our businesses depend on people. Like there, mm -hmm. there is not a machine that is, that is placing an order for something. There is a des desire or a need created mm -hmm. from a person. Like, so it originates yep. from a person. So 100% of our businesses are with, with people. 
right? So if you mm -hmm. understand the psychology of human behavior, mm -hmm. we are always serving people. We're solving a problem. Mm -hmm. and, and it depends on, you know, their level of awareness, whether they understand that they have a problem or we're helping them get to the solution or helping them discover the solution that takes communication mm -hmm. with a person. Right. So there's just yep. so many different ways, like even, even the big brands, like the Coca-Cola bottle was like, it was designed by an incredible artist, you know, but like the first year they only sold, you know, not even a couple cases. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it was just, it, it, it became, you know, this, like, if you look at their marketing right now, they're marketing an experience to people. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? And, and they do a, a tremendous job about it between Americana mm -hmm. and, and family. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a huge soda drinker, but if I'm going to drink soda, I harken back to those commercials with Santa and the polar bears and it's a warm fuzzy. And it's a, I mean, yeah. they definitely want your brand loyalty, but over that they're trying to create emotional reaction and experience with you. Absolutely. They love your brand. They're, they're going to reach more people than you could ever put money into advertisement. Mm -hmm. And that's important. There's value there. There is value there. I want to know, do you think, um, having been in both the academic environment and now living this concept, do you think there are misconceptions about relationship marketing? Oh, yes. I think there's total misconceptions uh, because it takes more work. Um, in my opinion, it takes more vulnerability. It, ta it takes more um, authenticity. Like there's some people who, who, who try to, I guess the, the best description of this is fake it till you make it. But mm -hmm. I think it's a lot better to, to share you know, the, the struggles in your journey and, and let, let people root for you. Um, I mean, just, just like, if you want to go on an emotional journey, um, I think we've even talked about this movie before Rudy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Give someone a chance to root for you. You don't, you don't have to come out as, as the top, um, solution in your industry, or, you know, there's someone who could have beat you to the market, but mm -hmm. people love cheering others on. So mm -hmm. like for me with Amplify, and it's like what you said, like I 100%, we were all created for a purpose and we have a unique set of skill sets that we can contribute to better someone's lives in some small way, shape or form. And I have the ability to, to pull it out, to organize it and to help give them the confidence to put it out into the world. So like that mm -hmm. is sort of like where I lived. And I knew if I needed it for my family between Adam's diagnosis, spending time with the kids, traveling and seeing the world and actually experiencing life the way I wanted to experience it. Um, mm -hmm. Because his, his diagnosis came at the age of 30 years old. And the traditional way of thinking is, oh, I'll travel when I retire. Like right. when you are smacked in the face at 30 years old, that of your mortality, like yep. I may not have 65. And so I wanted to create that opportunity for other people. And there are just way too many people who wait way too long to launch their dream or to go after their dream. And I just decided that I was going to be a catalyst for that. So I, the, for me, like when you, when you say, you know, what was the, the biggest inspiration for Amplify? It was that moment in, in our lives where it was like, we may not be promised the next five years. Like who knows what it's going to look like. And it wasn't out of fear. It was mm -hmm. out of responsibility and ownership of the experience that I wanted to have for my life with my husband and my kids. So, so, um, Cassie, um, boy, 
when we talk about this, I know you so well, and I know, I know Adam's journey. Um, I, I can't help but get emotional. Um, even if people aren't hit over the head with mortality, one of the things we always want to try to remember is that, that there are no promises. There are no yeah. guarantees. Yeah. And the importance of taking that bold action. And so much of that comes back to emotion. So much mm-hmm. of that comes back to fear and things, emotions that will stop us the unknown, mm-hmm. uncertainty, things that will stop us. And so I just, I want to tell you that I love both you and Adam and that Thank I'm you. sorry that that had to be one of the catalysts for you to affect change, but it has brought you to where you are. And so many of us can learn yeah. and grow through you and with you. Um, let's take a minute to um, to talk about what you believe the biggest benefits to sort of embracing relationship marketing Sure. How does that play out in your life, in your business, and what are the benefits of it um, as we get ready to wrap up? Yeah, so um, I think I think the the benefits of relationship marketing are becoming more and more apparent um, every single day. It's it's a lot less of convincing that you have to do with people where people surprise people want to be treated like people. They don't just want to be a dot on a spreadsheet or they don't want to be a mark, you know, like they don't want to just be like a demographic. This is a person Mm -hmm. with doubts, fears, worries, problems, and they have a family just like we do. So when you start meeting them where they're at and actually creating results that, that solves problems where, where you're relieving stress, um, that becomes a really, really big deal. And that creates customer loyalty that creates those raving fans that tell other people. And guess what? All it cost you was actually delivering on your promise, right? So that's a great example of relationship marketing. Um, you, you make connections with people who may not ever give you a dime, right? Mm-hmm. But their next door neighbor might be Bill Gates. Right. You, you just never know. Like um, Adam's mom is really good friends with uh, the guy that created The Walking Dead. How do you, you, no way. you just never know. Yeah, they have dinner you with their parents know. all the time. And that is that to me is like the biggest warning sign for anybody because if you are a jerk to your server, mm-hmm. I guarantee you the person that you're having dinner with is noticing. So 100%. you don't change the way that you treat people based on how much money you think they'll give you. Mm-hmm. One, like you just, it's bad form, <laughs> bad human form, also terrible business form. <laughs> terrible business form, but it tells you a lot about people's character. I'm going to just distill that out for, for the listeners. Yeah. It's really cool to hear that the argument is if you embrace relationship marketing in your business, it sort of trickles into your life and vice versa. It, it sort of, it sort of washes your life over and helps you stay in accordance with the belief people first then profit. If I can just do, just put in a shameless yeah. plug right there, right? It washes things over with people first and profit, whether it be a person that wants to hand you a million dollars to do some sort of agency work for them or the person that's serving you at a table. It yeah. really, it, it should be the same. Should totally be the same. And I'll give you a perfect example um, of, I was on a coaching call the other day and this lady, she's in the business of hedge funds, right? So you mm-hmm. would think this is just a, a cutthroat, business note like and um she landed a new client from her social media presence with linkedin but she landed the client because of relationship marketing because not only did the her social media presence bring her in front of this potential client he checked 
and asked for references. He, he contacted a couple lawyers that he had done work with. And he said, what do you know about this person? Or what do you know about this firm? And both of them confirmed. I love that. And, and that's huge because maybe she never did business directly with those firms, but had been at a couple conferences and they knew her name enough to, to give her a recommendation. And let me just say right now, social proof and personal recommendations is as good as a closed client because that is a third party, a neutral third party. And I do not give out recommendations lightly. Like for me, mm -hmm. it's a huge responsibility because if I, I have to trust that they will deliver on the product or service in a quality with attention to detail and customer care that I would. Yeah. You're tied to them forever, exactly. right? You are irrevocably tied to them. Exactly. So that recommendation is worth its weight. Uh, it's fun. I, I want to share an anecdote that you just literally made me think of because um, her name is Deb. She's in our people first and profit group. She started as a client in our photography business and uh, I got her lead and it was for a conference. And I said, could you tell me how you, you heard about us? Because I'd like to send a thank you note if you found out of us from, from one of our associates or another client. And she said, um, and this is a shout out to some of my Dallas people that I love so dearly. She said, uh, Paula Fenner from the Adolphus and Kevin Brandt from the Below Mansion recommended you. And I thought, well, that's interesting because they're at two different venues, neither of which were the venues at which the conference was being held. And so I wrote back as we were sort of discussing the conference and I said, hey, if you don't mind my asking, how did you get a recommendation for our photography service from two different people at two different venues? And she said, I've been a NACE member for 20 years. And when I knew I had a conference in Dallas, I sent a note to two of my good friends from NACE and they both wrote back your name. I literally stopped emailing. I ran downstairs and I said to Emily, wait till you hear this story. I say this with humility, Cassie. It was by far and away one of the best leads I've ever gotten because as professionals in an industry where you have partners that you serve, they could have recommended any photographer in Dallas. And don't get me wrong, there are a ton of talented yep. photographers in Dallas. They both said us. And she called and said, basically, just can you send me the information? I, I just need a contract. And then she went on and we've done some commercial work from some people she represents for her marketing firm. But your anecdote made me think of that in that I, I worked tirelessly to prove to those people that I would be a great extension of their team. And that's just a magical moment. I told her, I said, I think we caught a unicorn today because this is just such a cool feeling. Yeah. But I, um, I thank you for reminding me of that and, and for putting an exclamation point at the end of that. Yeah. The long-term businesses who truly care about their results and who honor the referrals, who have it together on social media, they've got systems of automations in place because you'll have two sides of there's like, well, why make relationships when you can just pour money into Facebook? Why not just do both? Why not 100%. cover yourself no matter where you go? Because if you don't, you miss a client like Don just shared. And I would also say, like, I know I shared with you really, really quick, like, and, and this is a lesson in lifetime value of a, of a customer. And it's just being kind and being courteous and being considerate, um, staying top of mind, like making those real authentic um, connections where your name and the frequency um, and the know, like, and trust is already there. These are all marketing terms that you will learn, right? Mm -hmm. But relationship here, I'm, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Relationship marketing amplifies the effects of all of these standard checkbox marketing strategies. I can't wait to share the story um, because I was, on a, I was on another coaching call 
and, and um, someone had shared, you know, just in passing, you know, how you kind of update, how you been, what's sure. going on? Yeah. Um, she had just bought a new Mini Cooper. She smiled and said, this is the fifth Mini Cooper I've bought from the same salesman. So now wow. do you really want to pay attention to relationship marketing and understand right. that that is the difference between repeat customers, increasing the lifetime value of a customer. She bought five cars. How many friends over these, the span of the years do you think she recommend to go to this person? To buy? Like she accounted for five, but I guarantee she's sent mm -hmm. at least half a dozen people over there because of the experience that she had. And there's nothing better than, than that analogy because, I mean, let's be candid, buying a car is a sort of commodified process. You can buy the same exact car with the same exact amenities for a similar price from just about any dealership in the world. You choose to buy from a certain person because of a certain experience. And so that, my friend, is relationship marketing gold that you've found that someone referred, recommended, and continue to buy a commodified product from someone solely because of mm -hmm. how they made them feel, because of the way they treated them. Uh, and that, in a nutshell, is is relationship marketing, which, yeah. something you pointed out, becomes very intrinsic and very easy to do. It just takes kindness, courtesy, being interested in something and caring about more than just the business, right? You care about the people. Yeah, you have, I mean, you have to truly care about the results and the deliverable of, of what you create, you know, whether it's a physical product and the quality and, and the way that it's enhancing someone's life, you just truly have to be authentic in, in that connection and, and what your purpose is in it. Um, I've got another one to share with you. Say you have a digital product or you're a course creator. I had a girlfriend who was sharing her experiences between two different coaches. Uh, one she had bought sort of like a, a DIY course from, um, mm -hmm. probably paid around $1,500 to $2,000 and not a lot of interaction, not a lot of relationship building, not a lot of like, I see you, I acknowledge you, I thank you, I, I, I care about your success. And so she really unplugged pretty quickly, then found a mm -hmm. different coach and bought their $997 offer. Then they bought their $4,000 offer. Then they bought their $18,000 a year program. And when you run the math on that, you look at the small amount of effort that it really takes to connect to someone. Like they want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be, you know, acknowledged and, and they want your attention. And it's, it's really, really, really little effort. You know, it goes back to, it's the thought that counts. Someone just wants to know you're thinking about them. So that mm -hmm. is the difference between over $55,000 that someone spends with someone or $1,500. And it doesn't take a significant amount of heavy lifting to care and to be committed yeah. to the client. And yeah. you know, something that, that just occurred to me, um, Cassie, that we didn't talk about. One of the things that I love most about what we do um, as relationship marketers, I get so much from the clients that we cultivate because they're typically very like-minded. They typically thrive on and appreciate the emotional connection in the journey. And so with as much as you give and as much as you work to establish that bond, you're going to get back from it too. And yeah. so it's a very mutually beneficial relationship and it makes business it makes business life. And I think it's the reason why so many of us work so hard and are willing to work long hours because we're not trudging into the office um, with that cup of coffee thinking I'm dreading the start of this day. And so I love that. We've, we've basically been able to show that relationship marketing sort of crushes all other forms of drawing attention to your brand, cultivating a client list, working with those clients, benefiting them, 
making their lives better, putting a little change in your pocket so that we can survive. It makes the world a better place in a lot of ways. Yeah. Are you ready for lightning round? I'm ready for oh, did you have round. another thought? I have one more thing to add. One more thought. Let's go. Because essentially, like you said, like it, it draws like-minded people, but it allows you the freedom and the frequency to say no to who you don't want to work with because you are attracting, you are attracting the right people. And mm-hmm. when you first start out or you're at different growth stages in your business, you feel like you have to say yes to everything. And mm-hmm. once you feel what it feels like to work with people you truly care about and you love, you can walk away from other people. And walking away from other people actually frees you up to work with more people that you love. No one's going to say, I want people that I can't stand to be in a room, hand me money because all I care is the money. Like if all other things are equal, you are going to want to spend your time doing business with people that you love and care about and that respect you. They respect your lifestyle and they're so happy. They're bringing you in other customers. So like there's so many different lanes of traffic and things going on that are working simultaneously together to build and grow your business that it's, it's worth looking at someone in the eyes when you shake their hands. It's worth finding out how many kids they have and what their names and birthdays are. It's worth getting out that thank you card and writing a handwritten note and sending it. Those are the things that people will remember you for and seek to either do business with you or send people and business your way. So much of what you just said, enough time and attention to learn the names of their children, what their likes and dislikes are, um, how you can work better together as a team, community. I finally titled it the Maya Angelou Effect. Oh my God, I love Maya Angelou. And the reason I title that is she's known for saying, people will forget what you say, people will forget what you do, people will never forget how you made them feel. Yes. And so that is relationship marketing in a nutshell. It is also why my rallying cry is people first and profit. It's why I'm super excited that I'm working tirelessly and you're so unbelievably integral in helping me get the people first and profit revolution into the homes of many people. And I want to do lightning round. This is something fun. Somebody came up with this idea, uh, mentioned it the other day. And so I think I'm going to try to do it at the end of every podcast. All right. They're not serious questions. Well, I mean, they are, but they're fun and they're easy. Are you ready? I'm good. I'm good. Mac or PC? Mac. Canon, Nikon, or Sony? Canon. Pop, rock, or country? Oh, now that's a hard one. Um, Yeah. I grew up country, so I do have an affinity for, like, I had Randy Travis and all of those, Um, (laughs) but also, like, I love me some queen, so I'm just going to say rock. Rock. Okay, rock. Friends or Seinfeld? Friends. Dark or milk chocolate? Milk. What's your love language? Words of affirmation. I think that words of affirmation is, is perfect for you. As we wrap up, tell me and our listeners where to find you. Yeah, well, we're super easy and streamlined. So we are Amplify My Impact on Instagram, Facebook, and that's where the .com is, amplifymyimpact.com and the podcast. If you're listening and you want to reach out to Cassie and Jorge so that they can help you craft your message, figure out your offer, refine and scale your business, then um, then you can just go right to the show notes. Cassie, I want to thank you for your vulnerability for your education, for sharing your experience, these anecdotes. My most ambitious goal is to inspire, motivate, and educate. And I think because of you, we were able to do that for our listeners today. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And I, again, like I love contributing to the ripple effect of impact. Like that's, that's my calling. That's what I'm happy to do. Yes, that is definitely your calling. I'm very glad that you're happy to do it because you're exceptionally good at it. 
Thanks again for being here today. And thank you for being a part of the People First and Profit Revolution. Thanks for listening to the People First and Profit podcast. If you like this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First and Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.